0: This is the Locked On Aggies Podcast. I'm Taylor Travis. I'm your host. The Locked On Aggies Podcast, your daily source for everything Texas A&M Athletics, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just a reminder, you can follow me on Twitter at TaylorTravis15. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Aggies. It's the best way to keep up with me, to keep up with the show, and to keep up with the latest Aggie news, whether it's football, basketball, baseball, soccer, Whatever it is, it's the best way to keep up. Also, if you ever have a question for the show, you can ask in the mailbag lockedonaggies at gmail.com or you can tweet me at TaylorTravis15 or tweet the show at lockedonaggies. Either way works. I'm quick to respond. And if you ask me a question, more than likely I will answer it on the show. And I love your interaction. So I would appreciate all the questions you can send me because it makes it easier for me. And I'm sure it makes it more enjoyable for you as well. Big show today. Game day is tomorrow. Texas A&M, Arkansas, 11 a.m. on ESPN and Jerry World, aka AT&T Stadium, my least favorite venue in college football. I guess it's not really a college football venue, but it's a venue that college football teams play in. It seems like at least several times a year, but it's definitely my least favorite. Just doesn't feel like a football game. Doesn't feel like it's too nice. That's what it is. It's just too nice. It takes away the pageantry. It takes away the atmosphere of college football. I talked about that a couple days ago on the show. Not going to get into it this time. But again, Texas A&M Arkansas kickoff 11 a.m. AT&T Stadium. A lot of good storylines that we talked about on yesterday's show. Again, Chad Morris, the head coach of Arkansas, was a Texas A&M student back in the day. Seems like there's some sour grapes there. He's really avoiding mentioning Texas A&M by name. And every time he's asked about Texas A&M, he kind of dodges the question. Again, Arkansas hasn't beaten Texas A&M since joining the SEC. So you got to think the Arkansas players and the Arkansas coaching staff and the Arkansas fans have had this game circled on their calendar for a really long time. This is a big game for them. They want to beat Texas A&M. They want it more than anything. A year like this for Arkansas, they're probably not going to make a bowl game. If you look at their schedule and who they have left to play, there's really nobody left who I think they have a chance of beating. I mean, I'll be honest. So you got to think. This is kind of like their Super Bowl. This is the game they want to win. They finally want to beat Texas A&M. And I think this game, the Southwest Classic is what they call it, it has all the makings of a rivalry. I think this could be a really big rivalry if Arkansas is able to beat Texas A&M eventually and a few more years goes by. Everybody wants to push Texas A&M LSU, and that's great. I get that. But Texas A&M Arkansas has a lot of history, and it's two fan bases who really don't like each other. I think that's more of a natural rivalry that I think is going to it's gonna blossom over time, and it's going to turn into something really special and really entertaining as time goes on. Now, if you think back on the last few years, I think three or four years, it seems like every time Texas A&M and Arkansas plays, no matter what the spread is, whether it's a three-point spread, a 14-point spread, or a 20-point spread, no matter what, no matter how evenly matched those teams are, it always comes down to the wire, and it's been going into overtime, it seems like, every year. Now, will it be close again? You look at these two teams on paper, we talked about it yesterday, the Arkansas run defense against the Texas A&M offensive line is a mismatch in favor of Arkansas, but we're going to talk about today how that's really the only area where Arkansas has an edge, and I said on the show yesterday that this game might be closer than people think, I stand by that, it might, but it's not going to be because Arkansas is good. If the game is closer than people think, it's going to be more because of AM maybe sleepwalking coming off that Alabama hangover, an 11 a.m. game. I mean, it's really the perfect recipe for a game that's really close at halftime, then Texas AM and starts to run away with it. But that 22-point spread right now, it's going to be hard for Texas a and to cover. Just based off the fact that they played Alabama last week, they're going to be physically beat down. It's going to be tough. But that being said, you look at these two teams on paper, you look at the the matchups on uh, both sides, offense and defense, it really favors A&M. And we're going to dive into that more as the show goes on. I mean, as good as the Arkansas run defense is, the secondary is so bad. The uh, A&M secondary is their weakness on defense, right? Well, Ty Story, Arkansas's quarterback, has a completion percentage of below 50%, three touchdowns, three interceptions. He's not getting the job done there. So I don't think that he's going to be able to exploit that Texas A&M secondary. That's just a little bit of the things that we're going to look at. And the more you look at it, it just, it tells me that Texas A&M should absolutely win this game by a lot. I mean, they really should. But coming off that Alabama game, we've seen it before with Texas A&M. If you remember a few years back, I believe it was 2014 when Texas A&M played Alabama, they lost 59 nothing in Tuscaloosa. That's a real score. 59 nothing. And then they played Louisiana Monroe that next day, or the next week, I should say. And it was a really close game. What was the final score? Like 23-17. I remember the Texas AM m defense had to get a stop late to win that game. It was ugly. I remember back then I was a student, and I drugged myself out of bed around 9 o'clock, got to Kyle Field, and there was nobody there. It was the day after Halloween. So you know all the college students were probably hungover. They didn't want to be there. They kind of eventually filtered in. But it looked like the Texas A&M team was hungover too. Really what that was, it was an Alabama hangover. Because when you play Alabama, they beat you down so badly, physically, emotionally, mentally. It's hard to go back. It's hard to recover in six days from that. It really is. But at the same time, Texas A&M, I think talent-wise, is good enough to where that shouldn't be a problem. And if it is a problem, I think it'll last for maybe a half. That's it. And then Texas A&M will start to run away with it. I'll give my final prediction later on. We'll talk a little bit more about the spread, and I'll let you know whether or not I think Texas A&M will cover it. I was wrong whenever I said Alabama would cover the spread. Texas A&M barely covered it last Saturday. We'll see if I can bounce back on my prediction. But before we do all that, I want to tell you a little bit about Vivid Seats. In case it's not obvious, I'm a really big sports fan, and one of my favorite things to do is go to sporting events I also love music. I love going to concerts. And whenever it's time to decide whether or not I want to go, I usually go online and I look for tickets. There's only one place I go, and that's Vivid Seats. And right now, Vivid Seats has a really special offer for my listeners. It's an exclusive promo code for new customers. So if you're one of my listeners and you're a new customer, all you have to do, go to the App Store or Google Play, put in the promo code Locked On. you'll get $20 off orders of $200 or more. Again, only if you're a new customer. Promo code locked on, you'll get $20 off orders of $200 or more, and it gets better. Every purchase you make on Vivid Seats is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee, a 100% buyer guarantee. So throw that in with a locked on offer, promo code locked on for $20 off orders of $200 or more. It's a no brainer. I like Vivid Seats. I use Vivid Seats. I've gone to so many games, so many concerts using Vivid Seats. It's been a great experience every time. And I wouldn't recommend them to you if they haven't been good to me. Again, $20 off, orders of $200 or more. Use promo code LOCKEDON, go to the App Store, go to Google Play, download the app, enter the promo code. And remember, every purchase you make on Vivid Seats is backed by 100% buyer guarantee. You're listening to the Locked On Aggies podcast. I'm Taylor Travis. I'm your host at TaylorTravis15 on Twitter. You can follow the show at LockedOnAggies, Aggies a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And again, the Locked On Podcast Network is expanding every day. They have just about every NBA team covered. They have the NFL covered. And they have a couple new shows as well. They have Locked On Fantasy Football. So if you're a big fantasy football guy and you need some advice on who to start, maybe you need some of the latest injury news, maybe some trade advice, you can listen to Locked On Fantasy Football 24-7. And if you're a college sports fan, obviously you are. You're listening to Locked On Aggies, but maybe you're just a college sports fan in general listening to this podcast. Well, there's also Locked On Seminoles, there's Locked On Sooners, Locked On Wolverines. It's growing more and more every day. So if you're a college sports fan and you haven't seen the podcast revolving around your favorite team, just keep checking every day. It's only a matter of time before your team's there. It's the Locked On Podcast Network. It's hard to beat. It really is. I enjoy being a part of it. I enjoy doing Locked On Aggies every day. I'm a big Texas A&M guy. I went to school there. I cover them for a living for Sports Radio 1150 in the Zone 102.7 FM in College Station. I'm a big Texas A&M fan. So doing this Locked On Aggies podcast is something I look forward to every day, and I really do appreciate you, the listener, for making this show possible. Yesterday on the show, we talked about something Arkansas can do that might give Texas A&M trouble. They have the 7th best run defense in the country in Texas A&M's offensive line is horrendous, to be quite honest. Uh, I know Pro Football Focus did something. I believe it was today. Maybe it was yesterday. But Pro Football Focus graded all the offensive lines in the SEC, and Texas A&M came dead last. And it makes sense when you think about it, right? Because Texas A&M has allowed 14 sacks. They haven't allowed 14 sacks in a single season since 2010. That's eight years. This Texas A&M offensive line I thought would get better. I don't really think it has. Again, Pro Football Focus says Texas A&M, the way they grade the offensive lines, I'm not sure how they crunch those numbers, but they're pretty accurate. They say Texas A&M has the worst offensive line in the SEC, and I don't doubt it. Again, because of the sacks, the fact that they've had trouble getting anything going on the ground against teams like Alabama and Clemson. And you look at this Arkansas run defense, they're ranked seventh in the country. They're a good run defense. I don't think Texas A&M's going to have that much success getting anything going on the ground, but what they will be able to do is they're going to be able to throw all over Arkansas, as long as Kellen Mond has a little bit of time to throw. And the reason I say that is, as good as Arkansas is at stopping the run, they're seventh in the country. If you flip the script, and you look at passing yards allowed, they rank 104th in the FBS. 104th. By the way, Texas A&M comes in at 113th. Not that much better. We'll get into that later. But Arkansas comes in at 104th. So you got to think that Texas a and be able to exploit that, right? Because mont has been playing really well this year. I mean, look at what he did against Clemson. That was one of the best performances I've seen from a Texas A&M quarterback in a really long time. He's played well against Northwestern State, against Louisiana Monroe, as he should. And against Alabama, you have to look beyond the stat line, right? I mean, he did throw two picks. He didn't even get to 200 passing yards. But the way he played, the way he kept his composure, the way he stayed in the pocket as many times as Alabama brought him down, he still was able to stay in the pocket, step up, make throws when he could. And he knew when to tuck it and run as well. I mean, he ran for net over 100 yards. But you got to think, this Texas a offense won't have any problems moving the ball against Arkansas. Because as good as their run defense is, their defense can be exposed in a big way through the air. And I really don't think Kelamon's going to have any trouble doing that. I mean, look at the Aggie receivers who have taken a big step up this year. By the way, what a difference a new receiver coach makes. Remember Aaron Moorhead? Aaron Moorhead... I never saw anything from the Texas A&M receivers that made me think Aaron Moorhead should be coaching in college football. I'll be quite honest. Because none of those receivers under Aaron Moorhead really made that much improvement. Okay, sure. Christian Kirk, who I think, he as much as he improved, he still should have improved so much more. I think his improvement was more natural talent progressing. I guess you had Josh Reynolds as well, who improved quite a bit uh, during his time at Texas A&M. But other than that, I mean, you had guys like Ricky Sills, jones and Speedy Noyle, who I know had his share of off-the-field troubles that played a big factor. But you had a lot of really talented receivers who stepped on campus and just never really showed any improvement. And I think a lot of that was Aaron Moorhead just being in over his head. I never saw anything from him that made me think, yeah, he's a coach. He needs to stay on staff. But Jimbo Fisher comes on board. He brings in Damian Craig, who has a really good pedigree as a coach. And look what's happening. The receivers who I thought were going to be a big liability this year because you look at that depth chart, there's no seniors, there's no juniors. It's just sophomores and freshmen. You have Jamon Osman, Cam Buckley, Kendrick Rogers. I mean, well, here you go. Here's a perfect example, Courtney Davis. Look at the improvement from Courtney Davis. And I know a lot of his troubles were injury. It seemed like he would get hurt, he'd get healthy, and then just like that, it's another injury, one after another. But Courtney Davis has turned into a playmaker for this Texas A&M team. And I really like what I see from him. But I think a lot of that needs to be credited to Damian Craig, the wide receivers coach. He's done a phenomenal job with this wide receiver group. And it's really changed my opinion. Because before the season, I looked at this group of receivers, and I didn't really see that much talent. I saw a lot of guys who could be good wide receivers. I never saw anybody who really stood out. Now, I have been a little bit disappointed by Jamon Ospen. I thought he would have a big breakout year this season, but I understand that usually the team's best corner is paired with him, so he has a hard time getting open. I get that. But for the most part, this Texas A&M wide receiver group has improved a ton, and I don't think they're getting enough credit. I really don't. It's a big part of why this Texas A&M offense has been so successful. But that being said, Kellen Mond and the Aggie receivers should have a field day against the Arkansas defense, and I think they will. A guy who I think is going to have a big game is Jay Sternberger. Texas A&M's tight end. I know Aggies are in love with Jay Sternberger because they've been (laughs) praying for years that Texas A&M will finally use a tight end. Sternberger's had a phenomenal season so far. But Jay Sternberger, over the middle, is going to have a really big game against Arkansas. I see it coming. That Arkansas secondary is just so, so bad. I mean, they really are. They're just awful. And I think Texas A&M will be able to expose them. Now, one way they might be able to get the run game going is by throwing the ball all over the Arkansas secondary, eventually the front seven, eventually the linebackers are going to have to take a couple steps back. That's when Travion Williams may be able to find a couple holes. That's the only way Texas a and is going to be able to get the run game going against this Arkansas front, at least in my opinion. We'll see how it plays out. I think Kelamon's going to have a big game. I think he throws for 400-plus yards. I think there's going to be a couple 100-yard receivers in there. It's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be a shootout, at least on Texas A&M's part. We'll talk about Arkansas's offense in just a little bit. and We'll talk about how Texas a defense can stop them, or will they stop them. And I'll give my final predictions as well, right after I tell you about FanDuel. I love to play fantasy football. I also really love to play daily fantasy football. My favorite place to go play daily fantasy is FanDuel. And the reason why is it's not your run-of-the-mill fantasy football site. They have a lot of different games to play and a lot of ways you can win money. They have Beat the Score, which is a new contest type. It's brand new for 2018, where instead of having to come in a top place among a bunch of competitors, all you have to do is beat a preset score. Sometimes it's like 150, sometimes it's 190. FanDuel decides what the score is going to be, and as long as you beat that score, you're going to win cash. It's that simple. They also have Gridiron Pick'Em. I like to play Pick'Em on Sundays. I like doing college football Pick'Em as well. But what Gridiron Pick'Em is, you choose the winning teams for all the Sunday games and $10,000 will be split among all the winners every week. So if you're the only winner, you win $10,000. If you're one of 100, that $10,000 gets split among all the winners. So, so many different ways to win money. There's so many different games. FanDuel's really stepping up their game. They really are. I love FanDuel before. I love them even more now. I'll see you there this Sunday. I'll be playing on Sunday. Join me on FanDuel. Let's have a good time. Again, FanDuel.com. You can download the FanDuel app on the App Store. So many ways to play, so many ways to win, FanDuel.com. This is the Locked On Aggies Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Travis, the Locked On Aggies Podcast, your daily source for everything Texas a Athletics, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Texas a Arkansas kicking off at 11 a.m. on ESPN from Jerry World on Saturday. Early start, early kickoff. You know, growing up as a student, I wasn't really a big fan of those 11 a.m. kickoffs because... Usually, that was the time I was rolling out of bed, but now that I'm a big college football fan, more of a college, I mean, I was always a college football fan, don't get me wrong, but I'm more of a college football fan today than I was back then. I like them, because I wake up, I watch Texas a and play, and by the time the game's over, around 2 o'clock, that's when all the good games start. So, it's hard to beat that for me. I don't know about you, but again, 11 a.m., AT&T Stadium, Texas a and Arkansas on ESPN. Should be a fun matchup. I can't wait. You know, I came across this stat, on Twitter yesterday. And it was a ranking of all the SEC teams, and they were ranked by missed tackle percentage. What percentage of tackles were missed? You know, that's pretty much what it was. Texas a was dead last. They miss on 20% of their tackles. 20%. Yikes. Yikes. 20%. Auburn comes in at first place, 9.7%. And then Georgia, 112 Florida comes in at second to last with 15%. Texas A&M is 5% worse than the second to last team at 20%. That's a terrible missed tackle rate. That's awful. Tackling the secondary has been a problem for Texas A&M for a really long time. It was a problem early in the Kevin Sumlin tenure. I thought it would get better after they hired John Chavis. Never really did. Then when Jimbo Fisher came on board with Mike Elko, I thought, okay, surely it'll get fixed, right? No, it hasn't so far. It really hasn't. I don't know why. It's baffling to me. And that's a reason why Texas a secondary is 113th in the country. Because the teams will complete passes. They're not necessarily you know, deep shots every time. Sometimes they're underneath routes. Sometimes they're little comeback routes. But Texas a misses one, two, three, four missed tackles. And then before you know it, it's a 40, 50-yard game. It's been like that all year. That's a big reason why the secondary is so poor is the missed tackles. Yeah, they've had missed assignments. Yeah, they've been burned a couple times. But really, it comes down to those missed tackles. You fix the missed tackles, and I would expect you'd probably go from 113th in the country to probably 70-ish, which is a significant improvement for sure. But the good news is, Arkansas can't throw the ball. They can't. They, their quarterback, Ty Story, he was a really highly rated recruit. He was a four-star. Alabama offered him. If you're wondering how good Ty Story was coming out of high school, Alabama offered him. Nick Saban liked him. That tells you everything you need to know. But this year was his first year to start for Arkansas. Seemed like forever they had the Allen brothers. But this year, they went to Ty Story. And he's been bad. Now, I know a lot of that's his supporting cast, but he's still just been bad, to be honest. He's completing less than 50% of his passes, which is never a recipe for success. Three touchdowns, three interceptions. And he's really just struggled to get anything going overall. So if you're worried about the Texas A&M secondary in this game, I wouldn't be. I really don't think I would be worried at all because I don't think the Arkansas passing game is good enough to expose that. There might be a couple big plays here and there, but for the most part, I wouldn't worry about it. Now, if you're thinking about the run defense, how good the run defense is for A&M, that's probably going to be a big difference maker because if you look at this Arkansas team, they like to run the ball, but they're not very good at it. They ranked 84th in the nation in run defense. Uh, their starting running back, Dev Wal-Whaley, is doubtful. He probably won't play. They're going to go to Rakeem Boyd. And if Rakeem Boyd sounds familiar, he used to be a Texas a and Aggie. He transferred when Juco was on Last Chance U. If you watch that show, you probably got to know Rakeem Boyd really well. But he transferred to Arkansas, wanted to play for Chad Morris. And he's had a decent season so far. He's really looked good for Arkansas. But at the same time, I don't think he's going to be giving Texas and any problems. I think the Texas a run defense is really good one of the best in the SEC. I mean, they're 10th in the country. You look at some of the running backs they've shut down so far this year. I mean, they shut down Najee Harris and Damian Harris from Alabama, two running backs who are capable of running it down your throat any given Saturday. They shut down Clemson on the ground. And I don't think they'll have any problems shutting down Arkansas on the ground as well. Now, another area of the game that I think Texas A&M will dominate, and I talked about this a little bit yesterday, but on special teams. This Arkansas special teams unit is really as bad as it gets, and all you have to do is look at their last game against Auburn when they gave up a kickoff return for a touchdown, a 48-yard punt return, a 36-yard punt return, a block punt, a 22-yard punt that was nearly blocked, and a missed field goal. This Arkansas special teams unit is really bad, and you got to wonder how much longer Chad Morris is going to try to control those special teams by himself. He doesn't have a special teams coordinator, neither did Brett Bielema. So the Arkansas special teams unit for the last several years has kind of been notorious for being really bad. I mean, the last time they had a really good special teams unit was under Bobby Petrino when he hired John L. Smith as his special teams coordinator. He was a good coach. Wasn't a good head football coach. We know that because he took over as an interim head coach when Bobby Petrino got fired, but he was a good special teams coach. But ever since then, Arkansas, they've really been notorious for being terrible on special teams, and it's no different this year. You look at Texas A&M, their special teams unit, for the most part, has been really solid. I mean, they've blocked a punt. They've blocked a field goal. They've become, they've come close to blocking several field goals, actually. I mean, you look back at the Alabama game, when Alabama lined up to kick a field goal, Texas A&M got a really good push and almost blocked it there as well. So I think Texas A&M and the special teams department should dominate this game. And I think Rashad Paul, I touched on this on yesterday's episode, but I think Rashad Paul is due for a breakout game. I think it's going to happen on Saturday. I really do. He's due. I think he's going to return a punt for a touchdown. I'm calling it right now. He's going to return a punt for a touchdown. And I guess as far as my final prediction goes, because it's that time, my final prediction spreads 22. I think Texas A&M covers. I think the final score of the game will be Texas A&M 45, Arkansas 21. Now, I do think Texas A&M might get off to a slow start just because Arkansas is going to be playing their hearts out. They really want to beat this Texas a team. It's also an 11 o'clock game, so Texas a might come out a little bit slow. There's also the Alabama hangover aspect, so it might be close for a quarter, quarter and a half, maybe a half. But Texas a eventually is just going to run away with it because all around the board, they're just the better team. They're deeper. They have more talent. And this Arkansas team's just not very good. They're just not. So again, 45-21 is my final score Saturday, 11 o'clock from Jerry World on ESPN, Texas A&M, Arkansas. Should be a fun game. Should be a fun game based on the storylines that I gave earlier, based on the fact that these are two teams that really don't like each other at all, and Arkansas really wants to win this game. It's going to be fun. So thanks for listening to the Locked On Aggies podcast. That's going to do it for the show. We'll talk to you again on Monday. I'll recap the game on Saturday. Hopefully uh, some good news. Hopefully a good final score to report back to you. But again, thanks for listening to the Locked On Aggies podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Travis, the Locked On Aggies Podcast, your daily source of everything Texas a m Athletics, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.